Welcome to episode 46 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men the Animated Series weekly recap podcast. I'm Rod. I just put out a Christmas song. I don't know if anybody cares about it, but this will be out before Christmas. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. Cool. Yes. I didn't know for sure. <laughs> yes. This will be out before Christmas. It's inspired by my favorite Christmas movie and its sequel that just came out, A Christmas Die Story. Hard. Yeah. Die hard. Actually, I almost got the Hans Gruber Nakatomi Plaza advent calendar, but then I saw that it was going to be coming from like Shenzhen or something. So it was going to arrive like on December 23rd. That That's not work. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's, it's called Merry Christmas, Ralphie, and definitely about National Lampoon's Christmas. And I'm JC. <laughs> you can find me on probably all the other social medias other than Twitter. Because as of the day we're recording this, <laughs> that thing is on fire. And you can find me at the John Carl. I don't have an advent calendar set for this year. Me neither. Last year I got that Marvel Lego one mm. and it was okay. I do the Star Wars one every other year. This is okay. my other year. Gotcha. Yeah. You said that you weren't too impressed with last year's one when you looked at it. Yeah. And no. the, it fu- was, the Funko one was a real letdown last year. It was, it was okay. I saw this year's Marvel one. Somehow this is way more disappointing. Is it just all Hawkeye? <laughs> no, actually that would have been better. This one started off with a good idea. It was Guardians of the Galaxy because the holiday special is coming oh, out. Oh, I did see that one. Yeah. But it's like they really piecemealed it. So there's not complete, you'll get like part of a Christmas tree one day and then like an ornament for it the other day, but not like a full size one, like the size of a Lego figure thing. Mm. So when you look at all the parts, you're probably getting like four or five things or whatever. Anyway. Cyclops (laughs) is waiting for me as our weekly podcast series. We're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series and their original intended script order building up to the release of X-Men 97, which is coming to Disney Plus in the latter part of 2023. Some quick reminders, we're a recap show about a series that started now over 30 years ago. There will be spoilers. If you don't want to spoil it for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode and come back. We'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. We're currently not sponsored by or affiliated with Disney or Disney Plus in any way. That's just because you constantly talk shit about them. Although last time I didn't. Last time it was our guest. That's true. <laughs> he went on a long tirade. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram. Are you still making TikToks? I uninstalled TikTok from my phone. Oh, that's probably for the best. Yeah, I'm just posting the same thing. Okay. Oh, it's, it's the same piece of content. So yeah, the well. same thing that goes to YouTube Shorts. Yeah. <laughs> We don't put it on Facebook because nobody goes to the Facebook group. Right. Technically, they, there's the, again, Twitter, if it still exists. <laughs> and make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast service of your choice. Hopefully, that's where you're listening to this. But if you found it on Facebook or YouTube, we're not a visual show. So you should definitely use a podcast app for us. <laughs> and if you're seeing something, let us know what it is and possibly a doctor or therapist as well. And finally, we record these episodes in batches. If we're reacting to any news about the upcoming series or wondering if this episode is going to post before Christmas, now you know why. <laughs> now onto the show. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 4, Episode 9, titled One Man's Worth, Part 1. It aired September 9th, 1995, and currently sits in an 8.1 star rating on IMDb. So, little if you listen to the last couple, few, we don't know how many episodes it is yet. I'm episodes, imagining two? I think it's two. I think it's two. If this sure needs two. to air before Christmas, it's two. <laughs> and you know that we were originally going to record this in the batch with that one, but Joe had thoughts. I want to say about Nightcrawler, but not really. It was about everything else. <laughs> there were also thoughts of Nightcrawler yeah, interjected. It was included. Including when you fucked up the recording, we yeah. lost some of his thoughts of Nightcrawler. Okay, so that's a nice little, Before speaking of tangents, we learned that, you know that problem in the 2000s and like late 90s with your phone, you could hear it in electronic devices? Apparently that still happens. If you put your phone directly like on, onto the yeah. wire, yes. <laughs> so yeah, there was noise interference in Joe's line. We, I, I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And then we found out it was because he was leaning his phone on the mic cable. I didn't know that was still a thing. I didn't either. But I just had, it's not been on my radar for literally a decade. No. So anyway, we'll probably be releasing, if we haven't already, the 
all the alternate stuff from that episode because there was a good like 10 you have minutes alternate stuff because there was like 10 minutes that oh with the clicking yeah dope can't wait <laughs> including where i mistook him for joe russo that's not the joe russo you're thinking of so it's even like a th- it's like a three-layered yeah. fun yeah thing. joe joe's last name <laughs> is slepsky and you called him russo to his face yeah it was great it was a good conversation. It was fun. That Joe Russo still needs to come on the podcast, though. Yeah. Joe, I know you're listening to this. That Joe, I know you're listening to this. I still haven't watched Get Out, Joe. <laughs> at this point, you probably already know everything about the movie. From being yelled at by Joe. Yeah. yeah. So, But this, now on to the yeah. show. So this episode opens at Bard College, May 11th, 1959. I didn't think about this. Is that a real school? I'm not good with these Ivy Leagues. Okay, good. You don't know either. Like, I have so many gaps in my just world knowledge that I'm not sure if... Was I supposed to know that? Was that supposed to be important? Was that supposed uh, to be like a... Bard, B. A-R-D, right? Yeah. That is in, apparently in the Hudson River area in Catskill Mountains of New York State. So, oh, yeah. Hey, so it tracks. Yeah. In New York. That um, actually, yeah, that all makes sense. <laughs> and we see Nimrod and Bishop fighting. The episode starts with one was like chaotic. What the fuck is going on? Sorry. Side note. Yeah. <laughs> so I looked up Bard College. It actually has the hours of closing as 11.30 p.m. That's hilarious. I thought you were going to say Charles Xavier is an alumni. Literally the top. It has a 4.4 rating out of five stars on Google, and it closes soon at 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's great. Also, that gives me an idea. If anybody out there is like a vetted wiki author, see if you can sneak in Charles Xavier as like an alumnus. Because you want them to lose their credibility? I mean, it's Wikipedia. It's already lost credibility. That's true. Yes, but anyway, yes. so yeah, the first we see is, Bishop and Nimrod fighting, and also how would it, how did you describe it, Rod? Uh, cyberpunk Wolverine and Storm, and I just put Wolverine and Punk Storm when punk my Storm, notes. Yeah. yeah, I think the cyberpunk energy I was getting is because I saw Nimrod, and then and the reason also that I'm leading this episode, like John said before, was that I have this. There's this tradition of Bishop episodes. You have led every one of them. <laughs> so. It's just funny because I really don't have much of an attachment to the character. It's just where the chips fell. The first few times it was. Yeah. Now, as we're going through and prepping for the episodes, I literally yeah. <laughs> text Rod and I'm like, it's a Bishop episode. Yeah. These are yours. I feel like now I'm going to meet him in my near future. Like, he's going to teleport. He's like, I was real. Or I am. I'm going to be real. How does that work with future? Anyway. It's also a cartoon character, Rod. Yeah, listen. After the last couple of years and what it looks like the near future is going to be, anything's possible. Oh, God. Anyway, so this whole fight is happening. Young Xavier is watching from the window, and I feel, feel like he's our eyes in this, where he's like, what the hell is going on? I got to get out of here. So from I here, just want to point out, young Xavier just looks like Xavier, but he's standing. Yes. Like, young Xavier still looks like the same dude. Yeah, he's still bald. Yeah, he was like- already bald. <laughs> he's about the same size. Like, he's just not wearing as nice of a suit. <laughs> That's funny. It's like the opposite aging as in the X-Men movies. James McAvoy and stuff are their same age through every decade. And then the 2000s hit. Everyone ages literally 20 years yes. in a single year. Yeah. Anyway, so he's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. So he l- tries to leave like the lab or dorm room, wherever he's in, and the door's triggered. Or- yeah, so essentially he was in a hallway and he, I don't think it's really get out of there. I think he's trying to find a spot to hide. Yeah, yeah. So he goes deeper into the school and unfortunately the door he chose is rigged. Wolverine smells... He specifies an electric fuse, which I don't know why they specified that other than standards of practices. I don't know. Maybe where we blame everything. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe it's just, oh, kids can't rig a bomb with now they probably could. But kids can't rig a bomb with an electric fuse now. So he does that. And then all of a sudden it just blows the fuck up. Yeah. The explosion with people in the building wasn't the problem. (laughs) Anyway, so it cuts to simultaneous simultaneously. Man, time travel's weird. I don't know how to describe it. You add extra words with time travel that are unnecessary. Well, it's like the Which sense- is why you lead the Forge episodes. <laughs> Bishop. 
So, <laughs> also still Forge. Yeah, Forge, yeah. Did you lead the X Factor episode? I honestly can't remember. Neither can I. If I then I, I'm Forge as well, if that's true. Yep. I guess what I mean is... At that point. At that Nexus point or something? Not Nexus. It's like that intersection, like that moment caused the rift. Time the, is a flat circle. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we need to add more <laughs> context. So anyway, I guess it's like that, that moment of the rigged <laughs> door going off yeah. Set off this thing in the future, I guess that's what I mean. In 2055. 55. Yep. So in 2055, Forge sees an alarm going off, says there's some like temporal anomaly. Yeah, it specifically says time travel rift detected. I guess it's equivalent if you're someone who didn't see this original show, but you have watched the recent Marvel stuff, very similar to like branching timelines in Loki. And I guess they're, they're kind of pruning them in a certain way, like where they don't want it to veer off to a future that's not theirs. This one kind of goes to the singular timeline rule that if somebody mm-hmm. goes back and changes something, yeah. it doesn't create multiple pathways. It just yeah. sets the new standard path. Yeah. So I guess in, the, in that sense, there's a little bit more at stake because there's not even like a world that something will exist in. Yeah. In, in, it's it's binary of it's yeah. this route or there's no route. Yeah. Yeah. No. And Forge sends Bishop, and then I have in my notes another lady who we'll find out in the next episode, his name is Shard, send them both to the past to undo this thing that has changed the timeline. And then we get the implication that they're not sure exactly what it is so that they right. have to go figure it out while they're there. Yeah, there's a few things that stand out about Shard. One, the uniform, very similar to Bishop's. Yep. And then also you see she has the face tattoo as well, which we talked about in a previous episode. That was like the signifier that somebody was a mutant in this time frame. Oh, yeah. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. It's little, because it is literally an M across <laughs> their face. Yeah, And they say the others went back before. So that phrasing implies that they know somebody is going back and messing with the timeline. They don't know who, oh, gotcha. but it's a they know that it is somebody messing with the timeline, not like a natural cause of events yeah because it's changing something that's currently already in place or whatever and that's that's something else that confuses me about time travel in this context is and we'll discuss this a little bit more because they talk about it is that it takes time for time to change time has to catch up to itself yeah my head is not like wired that way to be able to fully wrap itself around the concept i forget where (laughs) i've seen it but there was the metaphor of it's like a ripple yeah and if you drop the stone into the lake it takes a while the further from when the stone is dropped in the direction to to notice the change it's just wild because i think individually i understand the concept but then putting together is like where it's hard to wrap my head around it's i saw this string of also to date a string of tweets recently where people were talking about their experiences having comas and like good a number of people said that they didn't know they were in a coma they just wake up and they are just like woke up. They have lived their lives. They said they have lived entire lives. Some people wake up speaking entire different languages because they learned it while they were in a coma. I don't. Well, okay, I can't remember that either. That's that, a whole other yep. thing. <laughs> that's a very different show. We're in the present day <laughs> and flying around the grounds of the mansion, and she has a picnic with Wolverine set up. It's kind of cute. Oh, we haven't really seen them in this kind of casual thing mm. together, right? They've shown like lots of mutual admiration and respect for each other, but never really like the one-on-one hangout moment kind yeah. of thing. And then they get into some Garden of Eden references. It was Storm that said, no, Wolverine offered her an apple. And then she said something to the effect of, you know, I'd be remiss not to draw the comparison between Eve or something. Yeah. I was like, what is that supposed to mean, Storm? Then, Flag number one. And then <laughs> Xavier pops in and he mentions that he was always resistant to the idea that knowledge is what ruined paradise. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting juxtaposed in script order 
to the fact that this was right after the Nightcrawler episode. Oh, okay. Which we also yeah. literally saw the tapestry of the Garden of Eden yeah. in that fight scene in the Nightcrawler episode. I didn't think about that. And also, spoiler out of context, this com- with when we revisit Xavier in this scenario in the next episode, you get the sense that he may have a, a little bit of an inkling of the alternate future. Let's talk stuff. about that in the ep- next okay. episode. Okay, well, put a ta- button in that because it was just a, like you said, it's a really weird thing to say at that point. And then he says something else weird later. See, so. I actually don't think it's weird that he says it. I yeah. think it's interesting from a script perspective that we had an episode that was very focused on faith and religion and stuff like that. Yeah. And then Xavier just happens to show that very differing viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. And Wolverine's kind of at the center of both episodes. So it was interesting timing when the way that it played out in real time is they these two episodes were not broadcast next yeah. to each other. But when you look at it from a script order perspective, that I thought was cool. Yeah, I would just mean like with him saying wisdom is not necessarily a bad thing and stuff. And he's like kind of winking and nodding a storm in Wolverine. It's like, mm, what's going that's on here? Like, totally are you just like watching them in a, from the corner having a date? I don't know what's going on here. Yes, yes. He's a very <laughs> creepy old man. So he gets interrupted by a temporal storm. Yeah. I only know it's a, called a temporal storm because that's what they say. There is a <laughs> bunch of wind. There's like a big reddish wave that comes across. And they call it a temporal disturbance. Disturbance, okay. Because I guess that and that was a nice little detail. I don't know if it was intentional. Is that Storm would be the one to know if it was a natural occurring right. like, disaster or whatever and stuff. Like, this thing. Yeah, she's like, these aren't my elements. <laughs> and then they embrace because I, I guess it felt like it was like a combination of a thunderstorm and an earthquake. Because they said a disturbance. And then it flashes between them in that embrace to the future with Storm and Wolverine also embracing. But I don't even know how you can get this through animation. It's just already a different vibe. (laughs) Like, it went from them, like, what the fuck is happening? They were together. Yeah, there was a closeness about how they were holding on to each other. Yeah, and so this... They literally say alternate present, same day. Specifically, that's called out on the screen. Alternate present? Alternate present, same day. It's called out on the screen. Gotcha, okay. So it's not even the future. It's just that moment. So that would have been simultaneous. <laughs> I had an opportunity to use the word correctly there. Sure, let's but, go with that. But, the, but these are the, the what I call the cyberpunk Wolverine and Storm. And then cyberpunk Beast shows up. He got an upgraded backpack. He shows up when there are, I called them green iron mongers, where we see a bunch of future tech that looks like, you know, evil variations of Tony Stark armor and like, mm-hmm. AT-AT walkers from Star Wars and stuff like that. But you you see that. So they look like green iron mongers from the Iron Man stories for me. And they get saved by what I refer to as tactical beast. Who's beast wearing a bunch of probably Shi'ar style tech and stuff like that. He's been hanging out with that ship again. (laughs) I mean, in this world, maybe they didn't sink the ship. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Yep. (laughs) And then, okay, so there's a bunch of cameos here. But before we even get to that cameo... We also find out Beast is an officer. They specifically oh, refer to they specifically that. refer to him as an officer and being in the trenches. Okay. So he's one of the leaders yes. of their group and it's based on Wolverine's response, Wolverine and probably Storm also fall into like that grunt category to me. Okay, yeah. My first note was who is Laser Eye Birdman? That's the only way I could describe him. Mimic Mimic. Oh, okay. so, so he's not necessarily that specific power set. So Mimic his power was he was able to partially absorb multiple mutants at the same time. Gotcha. He was like, I believe, the sixth X-Man in comic release order. Okay, so my description wasn't completely wrong. No, because... because <laughs> laser eye bird. <laughs> so he has laser eyes from absorbing Scott, mm-hmm. the wings from absorbing Angel, 
And then if you notice, he also had no shoes on and he was like a little bulkier from a body perspective. That was absorbing early pre-blue beast. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So he, that you were not wrong about it, but that's mimic. Gotcha. Remember how in an earlier episode I commented on the outfit of Angel? Yeah. And I was like confused of if it was Angel or if mimic. it was Mimic. Gotcha. This is actually Mimic. Okay. Yep. And then my note specifically says, Whoa, Daddy Magneto just saved the day. Please share what you're <laughs> describing with that, because I you're right. Like but he, he's got the whole like beard thing going, but he still has the helmet. He's also he's like really ripped. Super ripped, like sleeveless with like yeah extra 90s armbands on him but you just see how jacked he is. Yeah, the only thing they could have made more 90s is instead of the armbands if he had like tribal tattoos around his biceps. That wasn't until like late <laughs> 90s though. That was like That's true. that was like That's true. That was almost nine, Y2K. That was like 99 2000. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's just actually it kind of reminds me of anyone that's seen concept art for the X-Men 97 series. Gives me not it's not the exact same design but gives me a lot of that energy. And there was a comic book cover I saw a while back where there was a jacked Magneto like that that had all the facial hair and stuff. And I don't know if that's a reference to it or not. So let's get into that. So we, from there, we start to see what Rod refers to as the batch of cameos. Age of Apocalypse designs for Sabretooth, Wildchild, and Colossus. Did I not catch Colossus? So he has a like classic Ninja Turtle style (laughs) Raphael headband, but it's like covering his eyes all the way over to the back of his head. So that's why it doesn't immediately stand out as Colossus because you're losing like the signature hair. So like the Iron Fist look or something. Yeah, 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 but with red, yes, yeah. 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 But the other two mutants that are running towards that robot are the Age of Apocalypse designs of Sabretooth and Wildchild. Okay. Man, not they're not going to do this because 97 is coming out, but you know, almost would have been really like a cool concept as well for now is to continue these like tangent story arcs and timelines and stuff from the 90s. So I do series. have a I do have a comment that yeah. about the comments because it, it's like you kind of want to see what led up to this or this world. You don't want to live in the main timeline, but it might be a cool like miniseries or something. Right. Yeah. But the interesting part is Eric Leewald did not know about Age of Apocalypse and Age of Apocalypse was published only eight months before this came out. Oh, wow. So when it came to character designs and the future versions of these characters, they were like freshly getting done and just must have gotten shared with that art team and over in Korea that was doing the animations. Yeah, yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Cause that's also like risky because because <laughs> everything needed so much lead time back then. Yeah. It could, things could have completely changed. But I think part about this is not referred to as the Age of Apocalypse. It yeah, is just yeah. it is just a future version or sorry, an alternate version of these yeah. characters. Oh, and then I forgot to mention that it was also very apparent that Magneto is now the leader. Oh, yes. Like, they actually called him the leader. leader yep. But he had stepped in of like where Charles Xavier never existed. Yep. Magneto, for whatever reason, like founded the X-Men who weren't called the X-Men, but it ended up still being roughly the same crew. You have somebody gathering powerful mutants, so it would make sense of who would be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. For transparency in the comics, Age of Apocalypse starts because Legion, who is Charles Xavier's son, went back and killed his father that set off the alternate timeline events that led to the Age of Apocalypse coinciding in the 90s the same way this is an alternate present. Wow, sci-fi is weird. Yeah. Battle starts breaking out. Storm ends up getting hurt in an an explosion trying to save Wolverine. There's like a double team maneuver between Wolverine and Sabretooth. And if you didn't catch that with Sabretooth, that didn't stand out to you. But that was actually Sabretooth with him. We get a Nightcrawler cameo with Beast where they're taking down one of the... They called it a land crab? Yeah, the land crab. Which sounds like an STD. (laughs) 
it is. Then Magneto is on like a skiff, essentially. Mm-hmm. And based on the color scheme of the outfit, I'm assuming he was with Bobby. Because okay, yeah, yeah, I could have seen it also a little bit looking like Morph, but the color scheme of the outfit was Bobby. I think I think I was wondering that at the time. Yeah. Because is that also the same around the same time where like they flew by Sinister and I was like, is Sinister just a soldier in this? Yeah, so Sinister was there and then the other character was there. Context, the character's name has changed over time. In the comics, that is essentially Apocalypse's son who is called Holocaust. Oh, wow. And they eventually, and they changed, they've over time changed the name to Nemesis because of obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember Nemesis now. Yeah. I remember the design. I, I think they started changing the name with Nemesis when they were making like a toy for him because you didn't want to have a toy. And then we see Gambit who only has one arm. Oh, I didn't notice he only had one arm. I know yeah. Gambit there. If you go back and look, he uh-huh. literally only had one arm. Wow. Yep. I guess, yeah, there's so much of the story here that'd be really great to like offshoot yep. for a little bit. But at that point, we, we see Wolverine and Storm. Wolverine runs. You see... The ring on Wolverine, then he runs over to Storm, and then you see Storm's ring. I do know this storyline because this was one of the rare comics I did read. Not a series, but like an issue. I just remember Wolverine and Storm on the cover clearly being in a relationship. And so I was like, oh, they're going to address this thing where they were married in the future. But the funny thing is if you look at Age of Apocalypse, they were not actually married in Age of Apocalypse because Wolverine was with Gene in Age. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so they just mixed all the... (laughs) Yeah, they took a few alternate timelines. Magneto drops the walker, and then we get... the alternate versions of the Avengers popping out. Is that okay? Is, it, is that Ant-Man? So it's an alternate version of Cap, Black Widow, Giant Man, Wasp, and then the other character looked like Boomerang. I don't know if that was like supposed to be a play on Hawkeye, but Giant Man and Ant-Man have been multiple people under the outfit. I so we watch that scene now because I didn't catch the Avengers thing, but my notes literally do say, is that Giant Man? It oh, is. Wow, okay. Yep. Yeah. And one of the mutants from the Asteroid M episode, the dude with the red mask, mm-hmm. is actually the one who makes the save. And I've, I, <laughs> like, I feel bad. I don't know this guy's name, but he appears a shit ton in this show. Yeah. So he's made up for the show, like tonight. I don't believe he is. I, I think really, he's, he's just pseudo obscure character, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's yeah. got a cool design. But they start going back to the med bay area mm-hmm. or the the medical like, tent, yeah, essentially. Like a, yeah, put together bunker or something. And then, did you catch the most important cameo of the entire episode? Based on my notes, no, I didn't. Okay, so I just had that Wolverine ask for Doctor Summers, which I thought was an interesting. So before that, mm-hmm. it's I literally time coded it for other people to see. Mm-hmm. At seven sixteen, there is a character sitting in the foreground who has a white head and like all white face. That is Morph. Oh, wow. Oh, but he's the changeling design, right? Or am I remembering that right? He So the design that he is in is the Age of Apocalypse design, which gotcha. since Age of Apocalypse, since changeling had already been killed in the comics before then, that was the design for Morph for about 15 years. Okay. Which has inspired the X-Men 97 design. I wonder, I vaguely remember, because again, it was a week since I watched this. Yep. I think at that time I was questioning if that was a reference to Darwin. So this was well before, before Darwin, Darwin existed. Yeah. Darwin okay. didn't exist until after 2005. Gotcha. Yeah, and I wasn't even aware of Darwin until the X-Men movies. Yeah, no, Dar- Darwin was created after House of M. Gotcha. Which was 2005. Okay, so that's wild. So we saw a Morph that wasn't like a human looking yeah passing person or whatever yep as well which i love because this was just filled with age of apocalypse references <laughs> yeah for me. as somebody who has read the original age of apocalypse and i loved it mm-hmm. it was great seeing all these designs used and such it'd be really great for comic books for 
someone like me who doesn't like retain the storylines from reading as well. Remember like pictures? Would pictures help? That's, yeah, but see, that's the thing. Is Remember like a decade or 10, 15 years ago when like motion comics were a big thing? That would be really cool. I think they still do them on like random like oh, thing. Okay, yeah. but there was like a lot. Like anytime any story got pretty prominent. Like, I think they're there. They just aren't popular. Yeah. More people can probably read better than I can. <laughs> I think that may be a factor, Rod. Yeah, so they run in and they ask for Dr. Summers. And there's a few more like cameos in the background, so some of the Morlocks and stuff like that. Is that, that. Scott they're asking for? It's implied that okay. it's Scott. Yeah, that's wild to think. Okay, can you imagine him as a doctor? <laughs> Why did your leg fall off? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Which I will point out, since we are talking about Age of Apocalypse as a corollary to a lot of the storyline, in Age of Apocalypse, he and his brother are actually on the other side of things. They are, Ooh. yeah, they are enemies to this, and him and Wolverine go at it hardcore, and that's actually like a part of why like Scott lost an eye. I guess that, and then he really is a Cyclops. Yeah, I guess there's something to be said for someone who's so much of a Boy Scout like Cyclops is that it may have only depended, he's so loyal that it may have only depended on who got to him first. And then he was just gonna like pledge loyalty there. So when they're looking for Dr. Summers, there's an attack from another walker and we see Jason Wengard or Weingard, however we say his name, I don't know. But Mastermind in his like older, not as proper version of himself. And he makes an illusion that basically lets the walker go by without noticing the base. Okay, and it explains how they're able to like hide in almost plain sight. Yeah. There's no roof on this like, thing that they're in right whatever it's like ruins or something right. and that's when bishop and shard come back yeah. yeah so bishop and shard arrive from which i'm if i'm keeping it straight this they are actually from the future and then they are in an alternate present day now accurate and wolverine confronts them because he's like where the hell did you guys come from first thing that bishop says is or one of them says is that fitzroy and nimrod must have succeeded and then wolverine spots them okay gotcha and Wolverine just starts yelling at him, which I get because he's taking his wife essentially to an ER in the middle of a war. And then these two randos just show up. That he's never seen before. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and you have to assume the other side of this war has superpowered beings, obviously, because yeah. they just fought the alternate Avengers, essentially. So if you're seeing somebody in your trenches who you've never seen before, yeah. your default isn't that they're on your side. And even though we see them as like pretty like similar looking in costume and stuff, it's probably really jarring because Bishop and Shard are in very much more like actual uniforms. Yeah, they're more like fatigue uniforms yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And since this is an alternate present, where it's like basically post-apocalyptic kind of world, everyone's just the re- I guess part of the reason I said cyberpunk is everything feels pieced together and they're everyone's what they're wearing. Besides a couple weird cameras, like Sinister was clearly just the same thing. Or Sinister's also bioorganic, so I think that's it's true. easier for him to be the same. <laughs> that suits his skin. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a weird thing to think about now. It makes sense. He, but... ch- he chose it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Bishop is makes some comment about the X-Men and Wolverine responds what are the X-Men? Yeah, and that they need to save Xavier, and nobody knows what they're talking about, which you would think for time travelers, they would have a little bit more practice. Wolverine is asking the obvious questions like, yep, yeah, how did you get behind the lines? How do you know us? Who, how do you know where we are? And Storm just straight up doesn't believe any of the stuff that they're saying. Yeah, and then they run for a while, and they don't mention it outright right at the beginning, but you as a viewer see that it's clearly like the ruins of the mansion. Yeah, it's pretty clearly Even the mansion. Even though it wasn't the Xavier's mansion, it was the mansion that we were at. I also put here... In theory, it would have still been his family's mansion. That's true. Because his family had the money before they sent him off to Bard College. 
Wait, so that makes this next. That makes the it confusing. Whether like, who's Xavier? If oh, I guess maybe they weren't specific. Well, I don't know. I, I, we don't know enough about this timeline to know if they went to school there. They say you need to save Professor X's life, and that's the thing. Is like okay. who is Professor X? Yeah, yeah. But I put a note here. I love it how even in an alternate timeline, it still carries the tradition of the mansion being destroyed. <laughs> yeah. So Shard uses her. Is it the time? What did we call them before? The wrist things. Fitbit. Yes. <laughs> Your Samsung watch thing, whatever those are called. Yeah, displacement bracelet or whatever the hell it's called. It also has a hologram shit on it. So Shard shows Wolverine like the footage from their future. Or wait, oh, oh, no, shows not the future. Shows footage of what Xavier has done through history when he lived. Yeah, of, of the original timeline. Yeah. So they kind of are like shocked that this is all because of the absence of one person. And Storm believes it. And Wolverine is skeptical as I think most people would be. You also got to think of it in the context of like time frame. Like you're hearing this incredibly radical theory about time travel, which you don't know exists. Mm -hmm. And you're hearing it in four minutes of meeting a person. Right. And then Wolverine is looking at the footage. And I think this is where Wolverine actually gives the hint that he believes it, but he doesn't want to believe it because he says, if we do this, we work together, but we aren't going to be together. That's a wild thing to think about. And part of what I love about sci-fi is it brings in the scenarios of that just will never happen and hopefully will never happen in real life. And it already has. We just don't know right. about it. That is like I totally believe like, like the Matrix has reset four times. I get that because what did I say? I said in the last episode, I'm clearly from another timeline because I just remember something different. Oh, it was about the Cyclops action figure. Yes. I'm from an alternate timeline. <laughs> yeah, but you were right. Yeah. Or was I? And it changed again. So he kind of doesn't want to do it. And then Storm was like, would you sacrifice literally the whole world, the, the whole like, universe, world or whatever, literal futures just for us? And he's yeah. He's, yeah. He was basically like, I would do anything. for yeah. you. Yeah. And so she she does talk him into to going. So Bishop and Shard also show what the future looks like Wolverine doesn't get why they would want it mm-hmm. and it's because they still have hope and you actually see two members of Bishop's group there which is called the XSE and their names are Malcolm and Randall oh I didn't know them and I didn't think you would yeah be and they say they have to stop a guy named Fitzroy funny and it's not surprising to you at all I only know Fitzroy through the action figures because my brother and I thought he was such a cool looking figure because obviously he was like standard Marvel jacked in a cool outfit thing. He had cool hair, but he also, he came with like a crystal casing. I guess he that was supposed to be his portable. He thing. did not have a cool outfit. <laughs> I don't care what yeah. you say. He did not have a cool outfit. <laughs> I've looked it up. This isn't me having an alternate yeah. memory of it. He did not have a cool outfit. I know, we, th- we thought it was a cool action figure design. We especially love like the crystal casing thing on it and stuff. So I just knew him from that. I didn't know what his powers were. It's funny to think though that crystal casing thing was probably supposed to be his portal. Like how the arm thing was supposed to be cerebral for Cyclops. But we also meet, I didn't know this, Fitzroy's sidekick, Phantom. What a weird little Uncle Fester. This is not a cool action figure. I like that figure. That it, I still do. Okay, cool. Posting that <laughs> to the Instagram because that is fuck rod. But yeah, I, and actually if my mother hadn't given away in a church yard sale, we probably still would have had it somewhere in a toy box somewhere. <laughs> you know what? I respect your mom's decision on this. <laughs> oh my God, Rod. There is a eBay special for a $20 Metallic Edition Maverick and Trevor Fitzroy two-pack. That's hilarious. With a mini Wolverine for some reason. A mini Wolverine? Do I remember this? I don't know, but I if you... No, here's the thing. There's no way you remember it because you didn't ever remember Maverick. Right. Although, you know, it's a KB exclusive. I'll bet I saw it on a shelf and didn't think much of it. Probably because I didn't know who Maverick was. You're like, <laughs> not wasting my money on this guy. 
Man, I miss KD exclusives. They did those packs that were probably total ripoffs in hindsight, but I remember especially with Mortal Kombat and maybe even Street Fighter, they would do pair-offs. I can't remember like the real one. Oh, do I think there was one with like Kano and Johnny K. I'm going to get these wrong. Someone's going to correct me. There's one with a dented box that's only $15. (laughs) Guess what you're getting for Christmas? Because I know you're going to open it. (laughs) Yeah, they did these things with, I think it was like Johnny K. Oh, Johnny Cage and Goro. That's Mm. right. Because they were trying to, so that wasn't random because that was from the movie. But sometimes they would do these things where they would just be like, it's, I don't know, Kano and not Sonya for whatever reason, like Shang Tsung or something. And they were paired together, but then they would get you to rebuy it because each of them had a different color palette on them. And as a kid, you were like, I need to have the blue Johnny Cage. And my mom's like, you have four of them already. Like, what the? You you already don't like Johnny Cage. (laughs) Exactly. It was like, but it's the blue one. Uh, but it was it was all about KB exclusive pair up things. That Toys R Us, I'm going to guess, had those. But we didn't have one in the area that I was growing up as much as KB. I think Toys R Us just didn't give a shit because they were so much bigger than KB. Too, so yeah. they probably didn't want to pay that extra fee for it. That's true, yeah. yeah. Anyway, they're talking to Master Mold. And Nimrod is there too. Yeah, and Master Mold is sending Fitzroy and Bantam on this mission. And... Nice little attention to detail. The Master Mold says, make sure to document your trip because if you succeed, I won't remember any of this. And he also points out, if you succeed, you will be the only mutant left alive, which is pretty oh, dark. Because yeah. he's basically like, you're condemning your entire race for your own selfishness. Yeah. Also, he's incredibly wrong. But <laughs> Yes. Because like, you, I don't know the full timeline, but it's like you may have got rid of the X-Men or the guy that like would have banded them together, but you didn't get rid of the whole, anyway, it's a whole, it's not mutants. But I do appreciate there's a little reference there. Before they jump back in time to kill Xavier, they drain a character whose name is Lobdell. Okay, I didn't know his name or if he was important. It was weird because they called out the person's name before uh-huh. he drained him. Lobdell is a reference to Scott Lobdell, who was a writer for X-Men at the time. Oh, nice. Okay, oh. so you get a little shout out. You're the guy that does. He didn't die. Fitzroy doesn't That's drain true. to kill in the show. We know of. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he said he's going to be okay in a day or two or something. Yeah. I like the wording, though, when Fitzroy agrees to do it. He's like, well, you know what? I need them to do this. And then they bring a guy over. I'm like, what? This is a kid's show. What's going to happen? And then he just like rogues him, basically. Yeah, basically he needs a charge before he could jump back in time. Also, Fitzroy just severely, I don't know, what he's like scared of success. He has the power to jump back and forth through time, but he still decides to be Master Mold's bitch. Yeah. You could bend the future to your will and just do small market manipulations. So Bishop and Shard tell Storm Wolverine that they need to fix what Fitzroy is about to do or stop it from happening before the time change hits 2055. Because the time change had already hit modern day alternate mm-hmm. present. So he they, he realized they needed to go further back. Yeah. And for him, it was realizing that Chuck had been killed because they didn't know who he was. So they decided to time it to go back on the exact day it happened. I think I would have given myself a couple months to plan. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Here's me. the thing. The, no, you, you, it's clarified in the next episode that the charge on the bracelets, which keep them out of time, is very limited to a couple days or a couple hours at most. I love that even in the distant future, or I guess now is not two distant, it's only 20 years away. It's actually equal time from where we are now to when the show came out. That's horrifying. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. It's like within a year of the halfway mark. Cool, cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go cry. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Music related thing for anybody who's listening and doesn't know for whatever reason, I'm a songwriter. So I had to register some of my music today. You literally said yeah, at the beginning of I the know. episode that you released a song. So I, I write songs for other projects and artists. There too. you go. So 
I had to register something today. And so they always have you metadata. And this, every time this happens, it hasn't gone. I've literally done this a hundred times in the last year, but it still hurts every time. It asks you to categorize your music. And one of the criteria is era. And so now I have to specify that a music sounds like it's from the 1900s. Wow. So like the chick boxes, because if it's classical, it's 1800s and before. And then if it's like current, is it 2010s or present or 2000s? I hate that. And then it's 1900s is its own category. I hate that. Right? <laughs> what a weird thing. We have to lump in stuff that came out in like the 20s with Britney Spears. That's like the time frame that we're talking I'm gonna about. I'm going to go jump in the middle <laughs> straight right now. Anyway, so they go back to Bard College in 1959, the May 10th or 11th, I'm guessing. And then we cut away to see Xavier walking with what he calls Professor John Gray. Who is Gene's dad. Oh, okay, I was wondering it about is, that. Yeah, okay. it is in the... So in one of the websites that I used to reference it, mm -hmm. they specify that it is the same John Gray. I've also learned, and I'll actually reference this in a, in this episode too in a few minutes, some of these websites are wrong in giving okay. incorrect information, <laughs> and I found a specific instance of the incorrect information, but I believe they wouldn't have said it was John Gray if it wasn't Gene's dad. That's yeah, such a specific name to say. Yeah. And the age lines up too. Yeah. Yeah. And the irony of this moment is Xavier is telling Dr. or Professor Gray that he can't see a world that's populated with mutants. <laughs> yeah, because he, he basically is like evolution happens over time. It's a gradual change and it's for a specific purpose. But he also just wants to become a family doctor. Yeah, which is hilarious. And he says, Cindy, she's your woman. And so yep. Cindy's also walking with him, by the way. We don't really care about her very much. Nobody really gives a shit about Cindy, Cindy, right? There's one thing that happens later, but you don't need to know anything more about her. And then Bishop shows up like abruptly <laughs> to tell Xavier he's wrong. He's meant for more than just being a family doctor, which once again, I would think Bishop doing this much time travel, have yep. a little bit of practice. Just a quick note, mm -hmm. checked. Jean Grey's mom, not named Cindy. Okay. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. At, well, it was, was kind of like one of those, oh, did Professor Grey hook up? No, he did not hook up with was Cindy. It, was it Nimrod? That's a foreshadowing. <laughs> Jean Grey's mother was Nimrod. Anyway. Inaccurate. Then the other three decide like maybe try a softer approach they take him out to a diner this it's, is it's it's weird because we know it's obviously a bar but they're not trying to let it be seen oh, yeah, as a bar true, yeah and shard asks bishop are these the hippies and bishop clarifies no this is the beatnik Beatniks. days yeah because yeah. yeah, hippies are 60s right it's like when that started like late 60s early 70s, uh, 70s I, I think so yeah, yeah. The beatniks are more like the jazz era kind of thing. And what's hilarious is they're having like, they're showing Xavier all this stuff, presumably similar things to what they showed like Wolverine and Storm. Using like holographic yeah. projection future tech. Which kind of reminds me of like stuff in Star Wars when they're playing like the hologram games and stuff, like tabletop games and things. The holodeck? Is it the holodeck? The table is with like the little, that like C-3PO and stuff we're playing with. Everybody. Oh, you said Star Wars. I thought you said Star Trek. Oh, I you know, forgot like the, the name. Game things yeah, stuff. I forgot what I that's think, called. But it's very similar to that where it's happening on a table. And Xavier's like, this is so hard to believe. I was like, you are in 1959 and seeing holograms from these people in like spandex. I feel like this would check out to an extent. Also, no one else notices. So Bishop tells Xavier all this stuff. He basically is like a single generation mutation is possible. Xavier doesn't believe it, and he goes, I know that you believe it because I read a paper you wrote about it in 1978. Yeah. And around that same time, we also see the waitress walk by. Wolverine is just excited to have coffee. And this waitress is ignoring the holograms. At first, yeah. I thought she was going to like, there's weird shit going on because of the holograms. 
But then I also forgot that because this is the late 50s and public racism was so prevalent, yeah. we actually realized the entire reason why she's giving the nudge to the bar owner is because Wolverine and Storm are holding hands. Yeah, and the bar owner's like, they're doing what? Yeah. And it's like, you, yeah. Of all the things that are happening in that moment, like, that in his head that supersedes the holograms the random group of people that aren't dressed at all like anybody in that area and yeah. stuff. he's so concerned i agree with storm sentiment at the time she's like huh racism that's so petty it's i think she said like how quaint or something oh, quaint. Along. yes yeah. is something that was obviously like intentionally but well deserved to be like just yeah like you're a petulant brat what's yeah. wrong with you what she said was is it so quaint that it's almost pathetic or is pathetic or something like that something along like, those lines and i was like yeah probably not too far off of being accurate of what would have happened if yeah. this whole situation would play out. And so that's well, what starts the kerfuffle in the bar. Yes. Which is wild that it wasn't these mutants in weird outfits and holograms for God knows how long they were showing him the history of the future. So obviously Wolverine takes that personally and the fight breaks out. And then we get Moose and Rocco, which are just like the most stereotypical like thug names ever might get involved in the fight on the side of the bar owner too obviously my notes say of course the owner has bouncers that are named moose and rock did you recognize anything about the leather jacket dude no i didn't know that was gonna be important it wasn't so it was totally a reference so this is where i said earlier there are times where some of these sites that we go to research give bad information they were saying on one of those sites i believe it was the imdb one that it was marlon brando's character in on the waterfront Okay, I'm not familiar. So I wasn't either. Yeah. And then I went to one of the other sites and they said it was Marlon Brando in the wild one. Oh. <laughs> so then I Google image searched and I could see a similarity of uh, on the waterfront, but it was 100% the wild one. That's funny. So they just got their things confused. They were confusing Brando looks, but that's how like we have, we're always careful and I will always specify if I get a reference from somewhere to say that I got it from a thing and if I've researched it or not. But literally, like, it is a different character versus it is obviously a reference to that character. It usually surprises me, and it shouldn't because of how often it happens, how confident people are when they state things in semi-permanent ink on the internet. Yes. Like, I was talking to John before we were recording. He just pointed at me. I just want to point that yeah. out. <laughs> in the middle of recording. That So I have this, like, TikTok thing going on right now, right? So I talk about, like, did you know so-and-so writer wrote this song for this artist or whatever? So one of the last examples was like, oh, Dolly Parton did a cover of a Collective Soul song. Right. That's pretty standard. Like, you know, the collective soul did this song seven years earlier. Right. There are people confidently with their full chest on TikTok saying, actually, Dolly Parton wrote Shine. I'm like, I guarantee you that is not the case. Or if it is, there is some deep story that Dolly has not been sharing with us. <laughs> like when people think that Johnny Cash, just because he's older, was the one who R wrote Hurt. Hurt. He sells it so well. That's why he's a great artist. Yeah, like, he's amazing. <laughs> he appreciated a great song and then yeah. he did an amazing cover of it. Uh, anyway, yeah. so this is Marlon Brando, but from the wrong movie. At that point, Xavier takes this opportunity to run off and Storm gives Wolverine the, you did it again. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was, so backtracking just a little bit. When Wolverine first goes at the bar owner, and stuff he's gonna make like a kill shot yeah he's in the alternate future normally where yeah. he's just like i'm just gonna off people it's yeah. easier and xavier, this is killer wolverine yeah and xavier's like with storm he's like shouldn't you shouldn't, try to yeah do you want to stop him yeah and storms oh yeah no don't <laughs> and he does stop yeah but yeah so anyway yeah xavier gets away and so this team then like splits up to right. look for him and storm is the one who thinks 
that she has found Xavier, and we realize it's actually the eyes light up and it's Nimrod who <laughs> eye blasts her. Did we know that was a thing with Nimrod before? I don't remember that. I we remember d- him reconstituting. It was that was the thing. We knew that he could change form. Uh-huh. I don't think it had been explained that he could resemble somebody else okay. at that point. Gotcha. But he's also like T one thousand liquid yeah, metal, right. so <laughs> sure. it's not a leap. Yeah, I just was like, would I remember that? But yeah, that was, that was pretty wild. <laughs> Bishop drops in, yeah. and they end up fighting him, and they end up beating him up as a group. Yeah, it was a nice little show of Bishop's power, though, because he got blasted by Nimrod, and his thing is he can absorb the kinetic energy, right. or biokinetic energy, and then kick it back. It and stuff. So I was like, wow, okay, so you're the one guy that can get back at all these future Sentinels. At that point, Shard spots Fitzroy. Fitzroy is running away. Nimrod reforms and then teleports out of there. Yeah, he didn't take some rando guy's soul with him. He doesn't take his soul. He's not Shang Tsung. <laughs> we don't know that. Yes, we do. <laughs> He's not taking souls. He takes energy. Can you imagine? Which is the theme for this recording session. (laughs) Your computer's taking all the energy and still dying. Yeah. We have definitely not restarted this recording four times. Yeah, this is the fourth one. So sorry if John sounds frustrated. Probably because he's not drinking. Could be. You're home. Oh, I'm going to be. But uh, can you imagine being that guy and trying to explain to wherever you're supposed to be after that what happened? You're going to work, your spouse, or whatever. Oh, dude. When we get to the two episodes from now, that's going to be the (laughs) whole, like, imagine explaining this to your spouse yeah <laughs> after fitzroy gets away nimrod then reconstitutes and disappears and we go back to the beginning of the episode where we're back at bard college but it's in re- super janky slow-mo like two frames slow-mo at that point is an editing choice not a animated to be in slower motion yeah and that was like a trope in that like the actually this was a little early for that i was just gonna say late 90s this was mid 90s but like yeah this was 95 about. Because I was watching some music video. This uh, is actually, literally the mid-90s. Actually, actually, Collective Souls music video for Shine. And they do that thing where it's two frames a second. And it was like, that was probably stylistic, but also like a limitation. I like, What's funny is I just remember Collective Soul, I believe, did a video for Varsity, or a song for Varsity Blues called Run. Okay. And that was when cameras had started getting a little bit better. Uh-huh. And a lot of that video was like slow-mo of like yeah. side of the football field, tables getting flipped and stuff like that. Yeah, so. So you're just like missing a lot of information between. Wait, what happened between the? Because you see like the person on the other side of the field, and then the table gets flipped, but you don't have the frames between where they ran over. No. <laughs> but at that point, we get a kind of abrupt episode where we see the fuse gets lit that we saw earlier on, mm-hmm. and then we get the to be continued. Yeah, it fades to white. So yes, this is a two-part episode for us it feels like a six-part episode because of the way it was recording but yeah we will be back next week with the part two of an actual part two not a we had a awesome conversation i know we're we're joking about it but no having joe on was fantastic and now other joe russo who you can actually call joe russo i'm calling you out joe yeah joe you should come and also just knowing me i will probably have long forgotten by the time you get here and call you by like you're gonna call him slepsky yeah yeah (laughs) you're gonna think that it's joe from the joe and joe podcast yeah thanks for joining us if you have any thoughts make sure to drop them in the comments for either the youtube upload or official instagram post about this episode if you like what you heard we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app you're choosing you can find us apple podcast anchor spotify google podcast Castbox. i don't know which one of those is gonna be canceled next week they're gonna start doing twitter podcasts (laughs) we don't know anymore yeah (laughs) bring back fine (laughs) 